This is Purple Radio On Demand. Afternoon. How are we doing? Mr. Lyons, how are we doing? Good, good. How's it going? It's going very well. It's going very well. Um, we're here by back by popular demand for another catcher. Um, for sure. We like the sound of our own voices, and I think people like it too, by the signs of it. <laughs> no, no more guests. Uh, yeah. We jest, but uh, not, not the internal too. pods are good, I think. We explore good ideas. It's kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have more time, more scope, almost, in a way. Definitely. Uh, it's sort of a balancing act. Um, I don't know. We'll start with some news, I guess. The big news is beginning with uh, the Turkey Syria earthquake. Yeah, um, that's crazy. We'll give a shout out to the bake sale outside the SU. Saw that. Very nice. Really? Good cakes as well. What are they doing? Raising a, money, um, yeah. Doing like a... It's like the Turkey Society, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, I was interested today, to be fair, to... Um, we'll get onto this, but... Now on BBC News, if you go on the homepage, there's nothing... There's no mention of it. And it's just the news cycle. It's funny because, you know, for five days or whatever in a row, it can just pump it out, pump it out, pump it out. Yeah. And then as soon as something more important happens, it's what, just and what's off. that? What's that? Well, uh, we're going to have to change the tone here a bit. But um, I have here, it was also from my 21st, but this is some Nicola Sturgeon resignation cake. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, wait, really? She is gone. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Get the party poppers out. Wait, let's actually have some cake. Yeah, yeah, some coffee cakes. From Fee, yeah, shout yeah, out to Fee. Fucking nice. Yeah. Go to. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that. That is the uh, the tears Wait. of Scottish nationalism. So she's gone. Fully gone. She's resigned. How come? Politics is too brutal. <laughs> well, your regime was brutal. Um, I thought we'd uh, we'd take this we'd take this moment to reflect on. See, this is an indication, right? This morning, when uh, when I when I saw this, this is like the biggest news for me in the year. Boom bang! People around here aren't that actually that interested. Oh, you Sturgeon's I, gone. That happened today. Yeah, and you didn't even know Zach Lyons. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but yeah, it's gone. I mean, this is it's. Uh, it calls Indy Ref 2 into complete question. She, this is the thing, she is a very competent politician, whatever you want to say. She, she is threatening because she can kind of galvanize a certain, a certain voting demographic and get them to vote independence. But now she's gone, it might be, there'll be like a, a power struggle. It could be an Ian Blackford or something. Alex Salmon might want to make a comeback with Alba. I was going to say Salmon, surely not. The whole thing is going to, is hopefully going to fall apart. Um, the Brew is, uh, is not a Scottish independence podcast. Uh, if you don't like it, go and find another one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, so, I don't know. I, I thought we'd just briefly uh, go on uh, why she uh, her tenure wasn't that good. Mm. Um, so in her own constituency, which she's governed since 2007, uh, Glasgow Southside now has more children than ever before living in poverty, which is just under 50%. And 69% of children in Govan Hill West, which is in her constituency, are now living in poverty. That is the highest figure anywhere in the whole of the United Kingdom. You know the saying, uh, get your own house in order before you try and get other people's. If, she, if that's, you know, and this is the whole, this is the whole crux of it because it's uh, in constantly aiming and yearning for Scottish independence, the day-to-day -day things of your constituents, of the actual people, of the policy is forgotten for the, for the, for the ideology, the dream of Scottish independence. All the funding goes into that, mm -hmm. you know, Think about how much funding they've already they had already spent on Indie Ref Two, which is a which is a referendum which isn't even organised, scheduled, or likely to happen. But they've pumped in countless amounts of money and fundraising. 
I mean, just imagine if that money went to those children mm. in her own constituency. Yeah, yeah. Under her reign as well, we had the Scotland has the highest drug deaths in Europe, three <laughs> times higher than anyone else. Really? It's a chart. It's a well, staggering it's like, chart. Glasgow, surely. Mm. Edinburgh. They like their, they like might their be smack in heroin in uh, Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, in certain ends. Certain ends. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, why is it? I think because, I wouldn't actually, I think, Drug deaths necessarily. Obviously, there are some in Glasgow. There are some in Edinburgh, but there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of places in Scotland which have kind of just been left. A lot of towns where there's actually no, no going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're growing up in them, what is there to do? And like the the lack of kind of uh, investment or, or growth is 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 why you, you might it might lead you down that path, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, she's there's like six hundred k unaccounted for. Along with like billions of pounds of COVID funding, which think, which just uh, no one what, knows where it went. Saying, back it's like pocket? it's like some of our lost podcasts, mate. It's into like the, the MET podcast. It just who knows where it's gone, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, into the abyss. Into the abyss. Well, they're actually under investigation for this. Um, By whom? Police Scotland. It's called Operation Something. Uh, I can't find it. But the whole thing is um, the whole thing gets very uh, it gets very kind of conspiratorial to a certain degree because yeah. the leader of the crown office who is who is running the investigation and inquiry is the lord advocate who is a, who was a member of sturgeon's cabinet government yeah so okay. you know Fair enough. steady steady i i part of me thinks that she's resigned actually my wholeheartedly i think she's resigned because this is going to come out and it's going to come out that they were basically embezzling money uh, their books weren't correct, and she would have had to have resigned anyway. So she's going out in a dignita dignified yeah, way and, it's kind and blaming of less, the political climate. It's less of a front page headline if, you know, the. It's almost better having the, you know, ex leader of the um, Scottish National Party is found to be doing blah, rather blah, blah, than blah, the current as opposed one. to the current yeah, leader. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, but she is at the SNP in a way. She, oh, she since the first referendum, she has been the SNP wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, but that the other thing was in Audit Scotland in in March last year, they conclude they didn't know where five billion pounds of COVID funding went. Five billion. They were like, <laughs> we don't know, and, and, and no one cares about it, right? No one cares about it because if you are. Well, if if you uh, are anti SNP, I guess you kind of maybe would assume that there's some there's some uh, there's some dodginess going on. If you're for them, they could, you know, she could come up to your doorstep, punch you in the face, and you would still vote for her. And then if you're anywhere else, in not in Scotland, why would you bother? Yeah, so I don't really there, care. About therein lies the problem. But uh, I'm going to help myself some resignation. Oh, cake. goated, very nice uh, cake. coffee cake. I was um, going to say for someone who was bashing. Um, <laughs> Someone who was bashing uh, Alistair Campbell yesterday for his uh, right-wing leaning on the uh, the rest is politics. Left-wing. Pardon? Campbell oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. For his hardcore left-wing leaning on the, uh, on the rest is politics. Now you're coming out with some pretty strong... Uh, you're going to give the other side of the argument for Sturgeon? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> this, isn't, this, isn't a, this isn't a party political right-wing, left-wing sort of situation. This is about whether or not you know, my citizenship would be revoked from the United Kingdom. This is a, this is yeah, a far yeah. more fine, fine, um, fine. Um, contentious and, and, and tense and tense thing. No, I don't really have any good words to say about her. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Fair <laughs> enough. She will be moving out. Have you seen, have you ever seen in, uh, in Edinburgh just off George Street? Uh, what is it? Charlotte Square? The, her gaff. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice gaff. Nice, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
right? Yeah, well, I could imagine. But it's kind of ironic because mass advocate for the West is, and so living is, in the middle of the capital. Is there not like capital. a, um, is there a, like an equivalent of Downing Street, like a state mm-hmm. house that you're given as That's part exactly of the what job? exactly But you can... But so is she out of there I could now? go up to it and knock on the front door, though. It's not like... Oh, uh, really? Because she's not that much under pressure, but... Because um, no one really cares. Yeah. Really? Most of the time, though, there'll be some, uh, you might see, like, signs outside and stuff like that, but... Um, really? But no, she's moving out. So J.K. Rowling's gaff. Enjoy that. J.K. Rowling's gaff must be quite nice in Edinburgh. Yeah, it's she, she still lived there. She Is moved that into like a her new main one. residence, Edinburgh. Yeah, well, she moved in. She she actually used to live. Um, she used to live in uh, just at the back of my primary school in like a in like a tenement house, and um, then she moved down to Barnton into this fat gaff, and it was. I've walked past it. You literally cannot see in. It is thick hedge. All the way around, towering, yeah, like massive. And but you can't see anything. the most famous people in the world, no? Yeah, and uh, and you know, um, I guess privacy is is yeah. Know, what, also what now, especially people yeah, kind of controversy. People kind of hate her, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so no, well. Uh, also, we need to give it. We're moving on from Sturgeon. That's another. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. In the past. Goodbye, good riddance. I don't really care. Yeah, enjoy your retirement. <laughs> we'll send you. some She probably will though. That's the thing as well. Well, we'll see how the she probably we'll see how, um, quite lightly. We'll see how this uh, investigation goes. I guess see where the money is. Yeah, um, we need to give a shout out to the Radiothon. Thirty-six hours. Yeah, we couldn't make it. Congrats! Why couldn't we make it, Zach? Oh, uh, as well as 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 the eagle-eyed um, as the eagle-eyed listeners will have seen, it was Callum's birthday yesterday, um, and yeah, he had a party over the weekend up in the bar. Up in the bar. Good fun. It was. Did, um, did you enjoy the the Bob Marley? The Bob Marley was good, yeah. I very much enjoyed that. So that was, a, we went to a reggae club type thing afterwards. You've been to the Cowgate before, haven't you? I've been to Bongo's a couple of times, yeah. yeah. And Sneaky Pete's. I've been to Bongo, uh, we went after the Heart Celtic game. Yeah, I've been with you, yeah. definitely, yeah, yeah. This is, the Cowgate is like a, how do you describe it? It's a, kind of like an underground slipstream underneath the bridges of Edinburgh. Oh, where in all the, the clubs are. And stuff where all like the clubs that. are. Or at least most of them. Yeah. No, um, it's a nice little area, to be fair. Yeah, this was like a it was like a Bob Marley birthday, absolutely packed. You know, mm-hmm. lots of uh, interesting aromas in the air, shall we say? And, Fee uh, Clark made an appearance. Fee Clark made an absolutely outstanding guest appearance. <laughs> um, I'm surprised she lasted that long, to be fair. Especially with the sound system and her, I don't know, uh, claustrophobia and things like that. You know, <laughs> but, um, commitment, commitment is key. Uh, no, but it was uh, it was very successful, very successful weekend. No, it's good. Um, Valentine's yesterday. Mm. <laughs> Don't touch on that. We we had a little date in the Vic, I suppose. Yeah, we did. A little double date, date I guess. Yeah. It was good. Um, yeah. Should we Stick. talk about Turkey? Yeah, go on. Um, it is pretty tragic. It is. I mean, it's... Jesus. What's the current death toll now? 25,000? Um, 25,000 confirmed? Or maybe that's projected or something. 40,000 surpasses Turkey and Syria. 40,000 yeah. deaths, yeah. confirmed deaths. Yeah, yesterday. That's Al Jazeera. Jesus. I, this, this sort of thing is, um, I think these sorts of things are really interesting when you think of um, how we can, we can try to protect ourselves from viruses and pandemics and, you know. Natural uh, disasters. Natural disasters, but also like, uh, no, not necessarily what I'm getting at is like, you can try and protect yourself from uh, political tensions and conflicts and wars, but the earth moves and like that's just it and you know yeah but have you not heard the scandal surrounding this it's not just black and white malpractice like like malpractice with building work and stuff yeah, yeah. basically 
the reason there are so many deaths in this thing is because there are so many houses on this fault line. Mm. Basically, it's it's not just like we, earthquakes happen randomly, like you say, but they don't just happen anywhere. Like you know, we we know for a fact we're not just going to get some goated earthquake happening in the UK, like ripping our roads apart and stuff. Do yeah, we? this was. You, we know where the fault lines are. We know where earthquakes there was take place. Was there not an earthquake in Wales once? Yeah, there'll, there'll be little earthquakes, <laughs> it was a tiny but one. it's it was not going to be like anything like this. We know where earthquakes take place. We know where these fault lines are. Yeah. And basically, for years, apparently, and this is under Erdogan and stuff, they've been saying, you know, don't build on these fault lines. Like, they're trying to not let people there. But the government, through corruption and scandal, are just giving out these... Uh, licenses giving out these contracts to do build like massive high-rise blocks without any sort of earthquake proofing or anything on them Mm -hmm. and now you know the chickens have come home to roost and there's a massive lawsuit against some people people have gone to jail over it some of the housing contractors so it's not all it's not all black and white you know it's just like you you know there's no i mean there's a really you do like you can not build housing on the fault line when you've been exp- explicitly told not to do that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know the I mean? but in uh, with a population that's always increasing, at least for yeah. the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. you've got to put people somewhere. And um, yeah, it's true. You know, it might it it, it it can just be something as simple as one government decides that they're going to do it, and then another one comes in, and they're not going to move people out of said buildings because that would be seen as maybe a a, a cruel thing to do, and then you know. It, can, it keeps going, it keeps going, and then yeah. and also I don't think that was the case. Though. Not and they're just basically not considering this at all. You know, yeah. not considering. No, I think they are considering. Though. They, they Do were, you think they were? Do you they, think were, they were. In I think good was, mind? I think they just wanted the the money. Really, to be honest. Really, it's easy to sort of head in the sand and go. Oh yeah. Well, it's negligence, isn't it? When forty thousand people end up dying, I don't care whether you you know, thought about it or not, that you should have been thinking about it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how, that's, that's what negligence is, you know? It gives, um... It's like Grenfell Tower. That's what I was like, literally about to say. Obviously, yeah. it's on a much uh, wider scale, but that is just, like, okay, uh, a fire starts, but it's incompetence in the mm. building, the architecture. You can and, say, oh, no one knew, but, like, it was someone's job to know, and the fact they didn't know meant they it. weren't doing prepare their job all properly, and like means that. that they resulted in, like, hundreds of people dying through, like, gross negligence. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, but yeah, an earthquake is such for us. I think it's such a crazy concept to even imagine mm-hmm. the Earth just ripping apart. In if you're in like uh, where do they happen a lot in America? Like Los Angeles, do they the San Andreas fault line okay. goes through California all the way from sort of San Francisco down to LA. Yeah, and if you're living there, you must kind of feel the Earth mm. move. I think yeah, you all the time. Are fairly common. You go. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to LA, but all along the coastline there, there's tsunami warnings. They have tsunamis because obviously with earthquakes comes tsunamis. Yeah, yeah. Um, tsunami sirens that like can tell when a tsunami is going to be coming, and you know you go to high points. Also, a lot of the something you maybe don't think about is that a lot of the buildings and stuff that are built there are built architecturally in. In the context of an earthquake potentially hitting them, you know, they've, they're literally There's built... They're purpose-built. They're able to sort of absorb the shock of an earthquake. If, if it's a fully rigid structure and you get an earthquake, you're just going to have it cracking and stuff like that. Whereas they're literally built on, like, springs, the buildings, kind of. Really? That's... that's I'm maybe, like, uh, 
you know, it's probably not literally springs, but they're basically built to be able to absorb the shock. I remember I went to a, I went to like the big science museum in LA, which was like crazy, crazy sort of stuff. And they have a full size, the space shuttle that was used on like one of the Apollo missions or something. You know, like the big shuttles that they have on Allegedly. the back of the airplane. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, That's cool. And that was literally suspended in this like earthquake proof structure that basically if an earthquake happens it would just sort of like move around the rocket itself was yeah really as opposed to just being suspended on some platform that if an earthquake happened it would be beat mm. it was built into this sort of thing that could sort of it could it had the ability to like swing around in this structure if a if really? an earthquake were to hit which was quite cool interesting, interesting. but yeah you, you have to think about that sort of stuff a lot otherwise once again you're being negligent i know but i guess uh, just to purely play devil's advocate, like they are more frequent there. So you're going to be more prepared, you're going to be more conscious of That's it. That's what I mean, yeah. Whereas in Turkey and Syria, they're not as frequent. Are they not? No. I think it's quite a big fault line Is that it? it was built on. Maybe that's just my opinion. But yeah, actually, they can't, I think just one this big. Yeah. They're probably yeah. not this big. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no. Tragic. Well, um, we'll move on. We'll try and lighten the mood a little bit. Um, let's, uh, I was thinking I'd be interested to hear, uh, I wrote down here, I was trying to think of uh, some Valentine-related things. Yeah. Would you have a best love song film book? Mm. Best love film. Best love song. Love film. I'm not really into all those. You're not into a Curtis? You're not a Curtis Yeah, fan. I was going to say, <laughs> I quite like Notting Hill. Really? Okay. Interesting. I don't like Love Actually. I don't like yeah, see, love The actually... Holiday. I don't okay. like those. I you. I tell you what. I don't. Four weddings I don't like, is a great. I don't film. like four the weddings films. and a funeral is a brilliant. I don't film. like the films where they have like loads of people in different squares on the front. Yeah, but you're cover. just thinking. You know of, you're I thinking mean. of Love Actually and the other one, which is the like Valentine's or Day or something. Yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, nah. I don't like them at all. Okay. I yeah. like Notting Hill. What? So there's just too much going on in Love Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. don't like nice it. Nice little Christmas film. Don't like the story. Four weddings and a funeral. Have you seen that? Nah. Watch that. That is really good. That is really really good. Although it's got it's I'm. I was watching it recently, right? And it's just, it's going so well. You know, you've had everything. You're feeling really lighthearted. Curtis has delivered. Hugh Grant is just absolutely killing it. And then, the, I can't remember the name of uh, the actor. She delivers this line to Hugh Grant at the end, the penultimate climax. The romance has peaked. It's absolutely bucketing down with rain, pathetic fallacy, all that. Yeah. And then she goes, is it raining? I didn't notice. And it literally just removes you from the whole film. Yeah, and you're just like yeah, zoomed yeah. out of it. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah, that's it is horrible. the most jarring thing. I know what you mean. Bad, bad script writing. The one line, and it just ruins the whole film. The other thing is Hugh Grant. Now, just because I know he's a nonce, I can't really like take him seriously. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He was, you know, he's banned from the St Andrews Student Union. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. He went to Cambridge, and like I literally know people at Cambridge who are like. Hugh Grant like comes back and just tries and gets with mm -hmm. like eighteen-year-old girls yep. and stuff. Yep. It's kind of strange. Is, Alleg allegedly, allegedly. Well, there is a photo of him in the St Andrews Student Union, which, uh, if you're interested, listeners, you can Google, and it's just like him just with like a bunch of kind of younger students and just kind of living up, living off of his kind of Curtis fame, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio's with a nineteen-year-old now, which is so DiCaprio kind of weird. Doesn't now. date anyone over. 25 I know, or something. but it was kind of, it was kind of like, yeah, he dates 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, like, like, 19 is a bit fucking weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it would be a bit weird if we were dating a 19-year-old, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be weird, but it would be like, you know, a bit, well, you know, 19, bit young. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Well, I mean, the DiCaprio thing, no, because it's like, it's so 
obvious. He is just into like r- like really yeah, young yeah, girls. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, Jesus true. for his own age. He's like fifty. Yeah, yeah, forty yeah. odd, fifty. Um, no, but that's yeah. that is bizarre. I guess I was gonna say, I was gonna say Annie Hall for for my film. Big up. Talking of nonsense. Veto, <laughs> <laughs> veto. Yeah, I've still never seen Annie Beat Hall. Star Wars. I know, I know. The film that beat Star Wars. Exactly. I'm so surprised we've never got around to watching that. What's the other one that's there's, there's like a um, I've still got it downloaded on my computer. Nice. There's another one. Didn't Forrest Gump beat some goated film at the Oscars as well? Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction. Exactly, yeah. That year. It's like Pulp when Fiction you look at, and Star Wars. When you look at that year for nominations, it is just a crazy The year. best year, probably. Is it 1990? I think it's nine, 90. No, it's. No, no, it's only 96 later. or something. What? Pulp Fiction, maybe? 95? Wait, hang on, hang on. I'm going to go 96. You're going to go 96? Yeah. Br- uh, 96 is Braveheart. Okay, 95? 94 and 94. 94, okay. Wait, I want to see the nominations here. I swear there's so many. It's just prime. The 90s was actually like the, the prime era for film, in a way. Maybe, yeah. People always talk about, um, people always talk about um, the golden era of the 60s and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and the revolution of cinema. But when you think about like the films are getting pumped out in the 90s, they are absolutely incredible. Um, Braveheart won Best Picture. In '96, yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that that's uh, is that a Scottish film made in Scotland? Yeah, yeah, but it's um, Scottish director. It's not the most no. historically di- accurate. No, 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 it's not a Scottish director. It's not. I can't remember who did it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what are the it. nominations? I can't find. What do you mean? Just type in. The Academy is not liking it. '96 nominations. Oh, so, 67th. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 95, 95. Right, okay, here we go. Wait, was it 1995? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said. Ah, oh, well done. You win. Yeah. More <laughs> resignation cake. Um, okay, 95. <laughs> yeah, give it. Oh, oh, no, I said 96. This is this is like um, apophenia. You know, when you see patterns and uh, random things. So we've just okay. been talking about four weddings. It was up for best picture. Really? Yeah, 95. Four weddings, and then Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank. Shawshank. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it beat Fair Shawshank. Enough. Um, Cranin, which I've not heard of, and Quiz Show, which I don't know. Um, Fair enough. That's quite a... What a year. It's always when there's those films that feel like they should so obviously have won something, but then there's something else that it's like... Like, Pulp Fiction is a perfect example. I would say, in my opinion, love Pulp Fiction, amazing film, but I would still definitely put Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is... It's one of the best films. Best picture material, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. You have to be... You have to be as objective as possible as the Academy. You have to think, like, what is actually the best scope of the film? What actually is the Academy? Is it just a bunch of old guys who vote on shit? Like, what are, what are the Brits, you know? But who it's, is the Academy, yeah? It's, um... Who votes on the best picture? It's effectively, like, ivory tower sort of Hollywood elite. Basically, old white men sat around just voting on what film they Would think it be, good. like, if, if, if obviously stuff hadn't gone how it did, would it be people like Harvey Weinstein and stuff like that? Well, have you not seen... There is really, really interesting cases as to how Harvey Weinstein bought Oscars. He would buy Oscars for films. They're like payments that are revealed. They like, and this is the thing: there is no way on earth the Oscars is the most democratic thing at all. It, it a lot of the time it's like you're going to be you know. mates with if they are Hollywood elite who are actually in Hollywood, mates with the directors and stuff. It's um, have you, Shakespeare in Love is the famous case. So Shakespeare in Love was like. A pretty bad film 
right? I mean, it's it's decent, but it's long, and I can't remember who what it be. But this is like Gwyneth Paltrow, Judy Dench, uh, Ben Affleck, Colin Firth, and that was Weinstein. Yeah, and there's a really good. Um, it is a YouTube video. Obviously, it's so factual. But um, there's a really good, interesting case about how he basically just uh, um, fashioned the Oscar for yeah. Shakespeare in Love. Um, well, I remember, I remember hearing this. I think it was a Tarantino interview. You've probably seen it when he said how that year, Saving Private in '95, in '95, um, he got invited, maybe like fishing or something like that. It's one one of those things they do in America. I think fishing. With <laughs> one of those things, no, but like you know, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. really. I think it might have either been shooting or fishing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, he invited them fishing by um, by Spielberg and Robert um, Zemeckis is his name. What's how do you pronounce his name? Robert Zemeckis is that, that his good. name? Yeah. The 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 um, the guy who did Forrest Gump basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did like the Back to the Future. So he and all he that. got invited by those two. Tarantino yeah, basically did. he was like, "Oh, come along." He was because he'd already done like some decent films, obviously. But then dogs. Pulp... He's just done one. He's just done one. At this what stage. Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so he'd done Reservoir Dogs, and, and he's then... written True Romance because yeah, he fine. sells True Romance to fund Reservoir. And then Pulp Fiction comes out, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's this guy? And basically, they invite him, and apparently Tarantino was like, Spielberg literally said, "Like, you're not going to win the Oscar." He was like, you're going to win Best Director. You're not going to win the Oscar, but, like, because, like, Forrest Gump, whatever. He said, Rob, he was like, Bob's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. But um, something like, um, like, amazing film, and, like, you, you'll, you'll get your time or something like that. See, he actually got told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, 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 that sounds like... And he, did, in, and he won Best yeah, Director. Yeah, yeah. But that sounds like he'd been invited into the inner fold. I think, and they're yeah, telling yeah. you, and they're telling, this is how it plays this out. This is how it goes. And yeah. interestingly, right, so... Um, only a matter of years later, that's when Weinstein, because obviously Pulp Fiction is a Weinstein-produced film. And do you know who else produced, executive producer on that? Go on. Um, for Frank from Always Sunny, Danny DeVito. Yeah, 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 yeah nice, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Um, so I quite, because I often think of him as like a bit of a silly, or I used to, silly actor, don't realise that yeah. he's like, Goated director, producer, yeah, 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 um, all that sort. But of that's stuff. but then Weinstein maybe he doesn't like that. And Shakespeare in Love in '99 beats Saving Private Ryan, which is an absolute sort of you know. Is that that feel like that's a Spielberg type? Saving Private Ryan, uh, yeah, Spielberg, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's almost like I wonder if there's a kind of you know yeah. ceremonial. You get one this year. You get well, this exactly. One this year. That's what I mean with people like Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and not. Tarantino at that top moment in time, they're going to be they're going to be matey with these yeah. Oscar committee people and stuff like that. Do you know? Do you know? What I have to say is quite is quite a disheartening thought, and I I honestly do think this. When you look at those films that we just talked about in the Pulp Fiction category, they are just films made for the sake of films, and they've been nominated, rightly or wrongly, in a category. But now it is so obvious. Every uh, every director, writer, producer knows that if you're a film gets an Oscar nomination and my god wins it you are going to make bank because everyone for right or wrong is going to go and see your film I remember I went to see Parasite so I was like well that's the best picture I'm going to go and check it out yeah and now good film, film yeah 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 and that was a that was a nice that was kind of a refreshing thing but now so many films are made for the sake I, I, t I tell you about it all the time Oscar bait yeah yeah Oscar yeah. bait but was, is that not always decent, been a thing no like they're decent films but so so many of them it would be like they get two really powerful actors I'm thinking here of The Father and they fashion powerful uh, actors, but also they have to 
have a bit of like, like two pokes and all this stuff them, you know? and they all come out about this time of year and there's lots of dialogue lots of very good acting nice cinematography nice cinematography but, and make sure everyone has enough lines so that they can get a uh, best actor and then make sure you got some supporting ones in there as well mm. and boom you're good to go really and they just get pumped out a film like the whale like why is that not come out that is such like a summer indie film yeah and yeah. that's just there so the guy can try and get his oscar it's true. And now, and like, that looks kind of weird. I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. the look of that. I, I think uh, I, would, I would check it out, to be really? fair. Yeah. This Spielberg film as well. Looks the Fablemans. Cool. I wanted to go and see that. That looks quite good. Yeah, yeah. It's about his It's life, about right? some young... Well, I don't know if it's about him necessarily. Is it not? Well, I mean, I thought, I thought it was thought like maybe, loosely autobiographical. Maybe it is, yeah. Um, interesting, because I, I thought it was in black and white, because I had made the mistake, because I had my phone it in black is, and no. white for like a week. It is in black and white, is though. It? I don't know. I had my phone in black and white for a week, and I was watching the trailer. No, it's not. It's not. It's Is it not? And I was watching the trailer, and I was like, "Ah, oh, he's gone There's back to the black film and white." Just, oh, that's it. Monroe or whatever it's called. Uh, what's it called? Blonde. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, in yeah, black yeah, and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very famous. Except there's a couple of scenes that aren't in black. Have you and seen white. Raging Bull? You haven't, have you? I haven't seen Raging Bull. No. That is a very famous example of using black and white as an artistic choice to a perfection T. Scorsese obviously had done so many films in colour well, before the, this. The the goat the goat use of uh, black and white is Schindler's List. Very good show, very strong show. I'm thinking of the girl in the red jacket and stuff like so that. So the whole film's in black and white, Apart except from that. the girl yeah, yeah, in the yeah, red yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah. You see her once when she's hiding, and then you see her in the pile of bodies. Yeah, 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 the yeah, red yeah, yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. in colour. That so is good. brilliant. That is brilliant. And both of those are examples of that's like, one of, that's one of my ten out of tens. One of my only. It is definitely a ten out of ten. The, the the it's like a director's knowing the subtleties. I know Scorsese first. He, um, originally there was an idea that he, it was put in black and white because it might be too gory and the blood scenes might be quite hard to film. Um, in the same way that if in Kill Bill, if if anyone recalls, if you if you watch like the the first edit of Kill Bill in the final scene against the crazy 66 or whatever, it cuts to black and white because even Tarantino was like, this might be a bit grim for some audiences, but. Um, Scorsese was then like, well, I remember watching boxing matches in black and white and like this and it'll be easier to film. That is, the opening sequence of Raging Bull is the best in any film. De Niro alone in a ring, just boom, boom. Yeah. Just... No spoilers. No spoilers, but I mean, that is an absolute cracker. Yeah. I would, I would, I'd very much recommend that. For sure. No, it's on the list for sure. But um, no, going back to the Valentine's Day films, I'm not really one for the... <laughs> The romantic. Yeah, but what is it? What is it? What is a romantic like love? Die Hard, you know. Notebook. I mean, the Notebook no, no, is that a no, thing? No, no, so I've never really seen I've that. Never seen that. Um, you know, these sorts of films. Not really my cup of tea. Not really your cup of tea. Not really my cup of tea. So Maybe the, the romantic, sort of. I don't know. Maybe if it had a good storyline, it'd have to have a good storyline, though. I feel. Annie, Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Annie What's Hall. the, the OG? I know you always say it's Annie Hall, but there's the one before yeah, when, no, when no, Harry no. met Sally. That's after when Annie Hall. That's Sally. after Annie Hall. That's a good it's one. After I, like, Annie Hall. I like when Harry met Sally. No. Oh, do you know what else I watched the other day? Actually, take it back. Take it back. There's just something about Mary. There's just something about Mary. Oh, mate. Have you not seen what, are you, are Cameron you... Diaz and Ben Stiller? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Such Wait, is that film. the thing with the, the ferret? Is there a ferret in that film? Uh, or am I thinking of another like Ben Stiller rom-com? I don't think there's a ferret in that film, but there's there's a Ben Stiller rom-com with Jennifer Aniston as well. Yeah, there might be the ferret in that one. Um, but I think there is. There's just something about Mary. Right, and and that is a good film. Good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really but that's good. A, that's a purely but that's romantic like jokes. sort of. That's like a silly it's a rom-com. Rom-com kind of. It Definitely. gets a bit weird though. It's it's really weird. Right, the okay. premise is he's like got this childhood sweetheart, and then 
she like moves away and he basically like stalks her to this place right, and like right. tricks her into falling in love with him and then she finds out and it gets really weird and Good film though, really good film. Okay, so you you are you know yeah I like a film you like can that. Be susceptible. I like a jokes from like knocked up or something like that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I like the rom com. I think I don't like the romantic sort of mate. Annie, I'll watch Annie. Manhattan as well, really good. Yeah, yeah another good, good use film. of black and white. Yeah, G- uh, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue at the start. You know, Match Point, one of my favorite Woody Allen. Yes, Match Point is a cracker. That is really good. Very, it's like a. Very un Woody Allen, Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. It's like a. I watched this other Woody Allen with recently. The, with the, the ring at the end. I watched this Woody Allen recently. Midnight in Paris? No. Who was in it? I'm, gonna be, I'm being so bad here. What was, was it based? It was based in like Barcelona. Uh, yeah. Um, a bit of a modern. Vicky watch. Christina. Something like that. Vicky Christina Barcelona. Yeah, something Scarlett like that. Johansson, Penelope Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Penelope yeah. Penelope yeah. Cruz is so good in that film. Yeah, oh yeah, my that's god. That's a good one. And, when um, they go crazy and he's got like I can't remember what the guy's name is as well. Benedict, uh no. Oh it's it's Alf, it's the um oh. No Country for All Men. Javier yeah, yeah, Bardem. Yeah. Javier he's Bardem. the painter. That's exactly yeah, yeah, what it yeah. is. It was a good film to be fair. Also. And Penelope Cruz is just like smoking and speaking in angry Spanish yeah, the whole yeah. film. Also I was I was we at the time of watching it, me and my friend were on a road trip down through... We were in the south of France, staying in, like, this old, like, literally like the sort of things you see in there. We were in this old, like, in the middle of nowhere, countryside, like, little shack. Yeah. His auntie's shack or whatever. And then we drove down through Spain, so it, quite, it fitted quite nicely with the yeah. the aesthetic of the trip. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, but, yeah, no, I like that one. Match Point, definitely one of my favourite... Up there, one of my favourite films, I'd say. Definitely yeah, yeah, my yeah. favourite Woody Allen. Just because I find it a bit more accessible than the Manhattan and... Midnight in Paris is very accessible. That's yeah. very accessible. Yeah, fair. Um, very good film about, like, pining for nostalgia. You know how yeah. I... You sometimes get onto me for always thinking, oh, you know, times were better, X, Y, Z, in the 60s or whatever. <laughs> and, um, but that's a really good... That's a really good take of, basically, it's kind of like a... So this isn't really a spoiler. It's like a linear progression, and they can basically keep going back into certain times, and then... Every single time someone goes back, they basically want to stay in that back bit and stay yeah, in that back yeah, bit. Yeah, and yeah. the Owen Wilson, who's playing the Woody Allen character, yeah, yeah. just gets lost in the whole kind of scene of it. Nice. I um, didn't actually realise that was a Woody Allen film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, nice. Well, there you go. Romantic, yeah. romantic song. films. Quickly as yeah, yeah, romantic songs. Nice. Uh, do you want to go first? Once again, I'm Once not again. the biggest. I'm gonna go for a. Let me think. Romantic song. Bob Dylan. He's got a few. Uh, There's actually a really good... um, I've been rinsing this. There's a really good uh, unreleased uh, Dylan, which you can't get on Spotify, but you can get on YouTube. And it's called Two... What's it called? Two Fall in Love With You, Maybe. That's a banger. Really, really good. Slow, melodic, nice. Obviously, Beatles, pretty much any Beatles song are good. Yeah, Yeah, true. They're kind of like, you know, they're a bit more kind of you know poppy to them they don't really hold like necessarily the same sort of uh emotive grasp maybe yeah 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 i can see that i don't know once again i'm not really the biggest well love song perhaps I could, do you have some a book? nice classical romantic arias book? and stuff no mate no i'm not reading romantic books i have because yeah, if i'm sitting down <laughs> if i'm sitting down and reading a book you know you don't want a bit of romance uh well no no i don't really read fiction i don't really read fiction okay that's all um, to be fair, I read this book over summer, which was technically a fiction book, called um, The Unbearable uh, Lightness of Being. 
Right. And you'd really like it, actually. Really like it. It's by this Czech author called, um, oh, what's his name? Look it up. Look it Milan up. Kundera? Yeah. Milan Kundras or something like that. Kundera. Kunda. And he's a. He's a. 1984. He's, he's not like it's, it's he's not like messing around. It's 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 a pretty freaking like well known book. Yeah. Sort of like probably won like Pulitzer prizes and that sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he um, uh, basically it's set in Prague, which is I'd just been to Prague at the time, so I thought it was quite fitting that I read it. It was actually really nice as well because they were talking about certain even just like they were talking about this hill that they go up onto and i knew that exact hill i'd been there for a beer with just having that reference point was actually really nice yeah 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 and it's basically it's a very like philosophical book it approaches like lots of philosophical ideas but through a narrative through this non-fiction story basically about this guy who is living in prague but non-fiction or fiction it's sorry it's a fiction yeah, okay. book but it approaches like non-fiction concepts and stuff Okay. Basically, this guy who's living in Prague and he just has like all these mistresses, and it's basically just this bachelor living in Prague. Um, really good book, though. Honestly, one of the best books I've read, actually. And that's that's kind of romantic in the sense, you know, he was sort of sleeping with lots of different women, but he sort of had his favorites. And you the know, description was, is two was, men, two women, two dogs. Exactly. So yeah. it's him, but then you know, you're then. He's seeing a girl who's then seeing other people and you're like, it's kind of a bit like a Woody Allen film or like the sort of film where you're cutting between loads of different yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, relationships yeah, yeah. and stuff. And you'll turn the page to a new chapter and you're suddenly from a completely different viewpoint, from a completely different person. And like they move to Geneva at one point and then one day he just ups and leaves without telling her and just comes back to Prague because he can't take it. And there's a dog involved honestly really good book interesting are you reading anything really at the good book no i'm not reading anything at the moment i don't really have time i was reading this on that road why, trip. do you want to tell the listeners why you don't necessarily have time to be reading uh breaking bad breaking bad breaking yeah, yeah, bad. yeah when i'm not working or playing chess yeah it's breaking bad breaking bad you're almost there so 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 close yeah yeah, yeah. that's um, not exactly the most romantic so i watched um, i watched breaking bad the, f the first time when i was about maybe 16 or 17 and me and fee my mum, we just binged it fee what yeah yeah yeah, yeah really yeah, yeah. She got, she, she got hooked pretty pretty early and mm -hmm. then it was it ready yeah and it'd be yeah. like we'd both be as bad as each other it'd be like oh you know yeah i got work got need to do this and be like, oh one more, one more episode one more episode and then i binged them again last would year. she would she would she kind of unashamed about how how addicted she was or would she kind of nah, give we an were excuse for it 100 percent, like really yeah, like another episode <laughs> i remember when my mum got addicted to um love island she really was, it was like over lockdown Slippery or something slope. and she like was like watched an episode for the irony of it, you yeah, know how you yeah, always yeah, do. Yeah. She was like, like, oh, how, like how one may go to Jimmy. Shall exactly. We say? I'm only going ironically. I know. Mate. I'm only she, going. That's what she said. She was like, <laughs> and my mum, my mum was saying, you know, I just, I just find it's, it. She was almost, you know, saying how interesting it is. How can these people act like yeah, that? Human and interaction. Then, you know, she's she's, she's she's going for like a philosophical exactly. Sort of, yeah. like a, and then you know, like a David Attenborough. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she's season two, episode four, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy yourself there. Um, but she was still going for the. She was still holding the line. Yeah. She's still holding the line. Oh, it's uh, can't watch yeah. that. Can't watch that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah a guilty but pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Guilty yeah. pleasure. I think that my mum and dad watched um, Bridgerton as well. Oh really? They got into the Bridgerton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's your dad. What, what was he? What was his oh, thoughts on that? Goated. Was goated. he sucked in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, but yeah, because it's quite hard that you. I don't know if you ever have this problem, but. You know when you sort of sit down as a family to watch a film? 
usually you and know. it's always the it's always mum that's like no, the no. odd one out well i this is uh, you're probably so now now i just don't do it with the family i've had enough I mean, back in the day it usually was uh so like I've got a big DVD collection from charity shops as well. So that would be I maybe bring a few yeah, of it's them down. Artistically ordered in alphabetical order. It's just ordered. He's <laughs> um. <laughs> got like this algorithm for every it's time he has a algorithm. new one to put in. Hey, he has to I reshuffle should, every no, single no, one up. I showed you the algorithm and you were satisfied by it, right? So it goes A B C D, right? And if say I buy um, a View to a Kill. Right, all I, that would be a bit of a painstaking thing. But all you have to do is take the last DVD out of every column, and then when you get to the A's, you, it, there's one spare, and you just pop it in. You see where I'm getting? What? Right. If you go, this is going to be sorry, sorry for the listeners. This is very bad. But if you go A B C D E F G, right, you don't have to reshuffle them every single time. You just have to take the last DVD out of every column and add it to the the back the the bottom one. Keep them going until you reach the C category, and then put in Casablanca. I don't understand. This is an f- interesting insight anyway. into my mind, listeners. But the, uh, yeah, no, so I would, I would come down either with the DVD or most of the time we'd be scrolling through Netflix and i just go super quick and i just wait until there was one that I was interested in and go, stop, go, right, what do we think? Okay, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. And usually Fee would want anything. She's okay. just happy to be watching a film. Family activity, nice, right? So no opinions coming from them. Davros is more sort of a western he's wanting like classic goodies and baddies sort of stuff <laughs> which is a bit you know you know i feel like i've grown out of that a wee bit and then i know we'll just go nah 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 so and then the film will begin and uh my sister will inevitably just sit on her phone which annoys me slightly and yeah. then uh, <laughs> and then fee literally right we this is the other day i watched the banshees of inner with her and uh the day later I was talking about something. Have I seen that? Like, what is that? <laughs> uh, literally last night. Oh my! So now I, I've just given up and I just do it solo. Yeah, yeah. I look. I have to solo. Now I like a family film, but it's always often if we're watching a family film, it'll be me and my brother and my dad will want something fairly puerile. You know, right, some okay. puerile like fart comedy. Yeah, you quite like Friday and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like <laughs> our favorite over Christmas is Elf, yeah. and that originally started because. Watching it with my mum was just so much more funny at how like much she hated it. Do you know what I mean? You'd laugh yeah, so yeah, much yeah. more when there's someone there just so unamused by like <laughs> some like joke or something. Um, yeah. But then it became a bit of a tradition, so now I'm just fine with it. But anything like with Will Farrell in or anything like that, we did Step Brothers the other day mm. when I was back home. Uh, anything like that is yeah. kind of kind of funny. Really? Uh, no, most but, of the time yeah. I feel like I have to. Because it's such a significant amount of time, I feel like I want to invest in like a a really good sort of uh, artistic sort of experience. Yeah. Maybe like a, a lengthy one, a lengthy film. Uh, Hungover Day is like a three hour plus film. Get that on. Love I know. That. See, nowadays though, I don't know if you've experienced this, but probably not because you're less sort of into this sort of Instagrams and stuff. But like with reels and stuff now, or YouTube is in particular, but reels in particular. And it's all that instant grat, instant grat. You know, if you see, you know, you're watching a video for five seconds. Attention spans, yeah. Attention span is worth. Have you seen Glass Onion? No. I, so, no, I watched heart, part of it and it's one of the shittest things I've ever seen. Right, okay. Uh, <laughs> Knives Out, I thought was really good. Madeline Klein is. I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Glass Onion was, um, I, I thought it was an enjoyable film, right? I mean, it, it actually is quite an enjoyable film. But here's the thing. Um, it literally, it, it is so obviously made for us, right? Because 
<clears throat> there is not one... It, the start of it, it's like the whole film is like a giant TikTok. Because at the start of the film, there's four, it's always moving. The, the screen is always like going into different parts and stuff's coming in, stuff's happening. So you can never look away. There's always something happening. The camera's always moving. Yeah. And it's so hard to keep up with. And the scenes change and they've got like... You know, Dave Batista can just be having a conversation in the living room, and they'll get like five angles of him. You know, just to yeah, make sure you're yeah. you know aware. <laughs> so true. And it's because it's straight out on Netflix. You know, give it to the younglings while they're at Christmas. Do you know the worst thing now? And listeners will understand what I'm saying here. You will have no idea, but okay. I think you'll find this interesting. When you're watching like a reel now or something on Instagram or a TikTok, it used to be bad enough. Basically, like podcast clipping is like huge now. I don't know if you knew that. It's like the thing. It's why podcasts have blown up so much. Is because on TikTok and Instagram, twenty seconds. It would be this of you right now saying whatever, something interesting for literally like fifteen seconds, and then that would be the. That's how most people consume their content. That's how Andrew Tate got so big. Really? Was literally from podcast clips of him just going viral on, on sound bites. Yeah, and not the whole podcast, not a two-hour podcast, but literally a little Joe Rogan snippet of something interesting or a little something like that. That's what it was, right? And it still is that. And honestly, half of my reels now. Will does be this happen with podcasts. like? Does this happen with like uh, other things like TV, film, and that sort of stuff? Yeah, a little bit, but podcasts. Podcast so much massively, so. right? So much so, podcast, and it's actually good. In content. a way, in a way, are people now just doing it so they get that snippet. I don't know. Hundred percent. No, really? when people are making podcasts, they're constantly thinking, "What can be soundbited? What can be soundbited?" I literally, I I listen to podcasts where they go, "That'll that'll be getting soundbited," like yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. They're so aware of it as you have to be because that's how you get big. But now, why are we not in this field? Zach? Well, yeah, it's exactly. launching. But honestly, listen to this. Nowadays, so in the past sort of month or so, I've noticed this, maybe past two months, okay. they don't even just show that anymore because of the attention span. What they do is they split the screen in half. Half of it is the podcast. So you're listening to this person playing a podcast. And the bottom half of the screen is just someone playing a video game. Someone playing Minecraft. <laughs> Why? Why? To keep your attention oh even more, it's someone just racing around on some racetrack with some car, or someone while someone speaking. Well, someone speaking, so you're listening to podcasts, and then they're also a like a mind-numbing yeah, video game that's just doing something like a car. Like honestly, I could get it up and show you if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. A car just like jumping from platform to platform, and it's like you think it's gonna miss, and your brain is being sucked in by the sound, but then it also, just to give you that extra bit of sort of suck in, you're then watching this like video game yeah, at the bottom yeah. as well. It's crazy, because you know we can't even be bothered to listen to a podcast anymore and just watch someone speaking. Just the, atten the general attention span is just shocking. And it, it works, it works and so well. <laughs> this I'll is the thing, if, if we're already it. at like a, a, a 15, 20 second, I mean, how, how much further is it gonna go? Hang on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Um, but it, they are still pumping out like uh, so Babylon is a recent film now that's 3 hours 12 minutes they're still pumping out yeah and but, people are going to watch it uh, oh yeah mate. I went to did I tell you I went to the cinema the other day to see what Cabin in the Woods <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan well I'm, so bad yeah mate because it's M. Night Shyamalan I know the last that is honestly one of the last films I went to see at the cinema was an M. Night Sh the old or something called it's like the beach and they all mate, get that's really like going to see going to Easter Road to see goals it's just you know yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> it's unsatisfactory yeah 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 M. Night Shyamalan is such like he literally had what, about five why good films why is he so big I don't understand because because uh, I think of him as a bit of a no, name when I think of directors The but. Sixth Sense is his career is he made good one film? good film, and then he made Unbreakable, which is the first film 
before Split. I don't know if you remember Split with James McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a film Unbreakable oh, with I Bruce Willis. I thought that was the film, though. I thought Split was the film, and then they made another film. No, this is three. There's, oh, there's Unbreakable Split and Glass. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but The Sixth Sense was like a massive, massive film, and that basically made him. But then ever since, he has just been churning out utter garbage. Really? Um, yeah. He's, got, he's Stephen yeah, King. Honestly, kind of Stephen King is. No, Stephen King's far no, better. Mate, Stephen but, King, what the hell? You're yeah. comparing him to Stephen King? In his later work, yeah. I mean, give me a Stephen King novel written in the 21st century. I don't think there is anything, is there? Yeah, there's tons. Really? Stephen King pumps them out, but no one's interested. Pet Cemetery? Is that an OG one? Uh, I think that's OG. I think that's 90s, maybe. Pet Cemetery, Mate, goated film is, uh, is misery. Misery. That is so, so good, yeah. It. I swear there's there's a couple that you wouldn't expect to be Stephen King that are Stephen Stand King. By Me is Stephen King. It's called The Body is the Book. The Shining is Stephen King. The Shining Stephen yeah. King, yeah. Um, he actually stayed in that he stayed in a hotel and wrote it there, I think. Or he no, they were on they were on holiday or something. He was on holiday with his family and they went past this hotel and he had the idea of thinking, I wonder what it would be like if you were just here all winter. And then therein lies the shining and he just yeah. goes for it. Um but that is an absolute cracker. I mean it's brilliant. Stephen King interestingly, uh um But that's Kubrick as well. I mean he's sort Stephen of King one is of the at, goats, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the adaptions. But um no Pet Cemetery is eighty three, mate. So he's like he's been and done. He's been and done. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. His is he I think he might be richer than um I can't find it. I think he might be richer than J.K. Rowling. Oh that is a claim. I doubt that. Have I, I doubt that. He's definitely up there. To be fair, JK, you're not getting... You're not... Okay, I've got the top 10 of all time. Ooh, Wait, let me guess. Interesting. Number right. one, JK Rowling. I'm going to go with JK Rowling. The source is Books of Brilliance. It's the first link on Google. That's what we're going to go with. It equals fact. Okay. Uh, number one, you're saying who? If it's anything other than Stephen King or JK Rowling, then, it, then we need to fact check this. Right. Number one is Elizabeth Badenetter, who I have not heard of. Uh, she is a French philosopher. Apparently she is 1.3 billion. I don't know if that's in sales or net worth. Well, well, first JK Rowling is $1 billion. Mate, let's see this list. Let's see it this is, list. This looks, James what Patterson. What are you talking about? Who the hell is Elizabeth whatever? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> who on earth is that? French philosopher, mate. Well, so what on what she's best-selling book? The Myth of Motherhood. The conflict X Y. Yeah, to be fair. What, okay, here, here. Why is why is Elizabeth Bennett so rich? Net worth was that much thanks to the inheritance of ninety million shares in the advertising and public relations. Okay, so okay, she okay. inherited a load bad of money. Source, I'm not bad source. About bad source. Camp, when we're bad asking, source. The bad person source. who's made the most money from yeah, 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 yeah. or from writing. See, that's just that was just uh, we've got some AI in my Google search bot trying to corrupt the brew. That's exactly what that is. Um, Right, this is the, essentially the same list. Um, but let's just, just discount the inheritance. We'll say J.K. Rowling, number one, one billion. James Patterson, number two, I can definitely see that. Who's that? He writes all of the like pretty kind of crappy American sort of, um, you know, president's daughter, president's gone missing, sort of like CIA, FBI sort of novels, like uh, kind of like in the same sort of realm. Did you ever used to read... Um, oh, 
What were what were the books about the the young agent? Were they, were they... Oh, the young there was young Sherlock Holmes and young Bond. No, no, no. Was it by uh, oh, Anthony I know Horowitz? What you mean. I know. No, you... no, it wasn't. It wasn't. What was it called? I never. There was a film. These... That, there was a film that I got ne- made of it. Oh, Alex Ryder. Yeah, Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Stormbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind was of that good sort of vibe. That, that was quite good. a good film, wasn't it? Well, no. I thought that was a because joke. It's a film that you... was like a classic film I used to watch. But when it's I was a younger. film you watched when, like, you love the books and they could no, have I done never anything. Read the book. Oh, really? No, oh, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Jeffrey Archer. Wait, so did he write Stormbreaker? James Patterson. Yeah. No. Oh no, but similar. Yeah, yeah. Of... That's, I'm just saying. It's like an. It's like an older. It's like a young adult. Adult. The kind Agatha of old, Christie. Do they, kind of all, do, all they, ages. do they um no because they they're all for, essentially modern they're do they not account for like inflation or whatever no maybe um, maybe we should make a list maybe we should make a list yeah 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 That'll but then you'd probably have thing. like king james up there <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 good valid valid <laughs> yeah, yeah king james yeah um no there you go and probably plato and shit like that nah not really how do you mean how how would he be getting that much wealth mate the amount of books that plato has sold in his in the history of time. Yeah, but are we, are we, would we take what they were worth when they were oh, alive? No, no. Well, yeah, fine. Then yeah. King James wouldn't probably wouldn't be up there either. But no, King saying, James would still be sitting on a fat amount of wealth. You know what I mean? I'm saying like the King James estate, you know, the Plato estate. <laughs> right. Okay. Probably be worth quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No valid. Um, they say there's no money in books. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's gone quite quickly. That's gone very quickly. Is that us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Uh, did we get any Q and A questions? I don't think we did. Oh, no shit. interactions. We, we might have done. I didn't check. Everyone's hungover from their dates, so. Yeah, mate. <laughs> um, Q&A, no. Well, in that case, that's fine. Uh, we understand we are not loved, that's fine. Um, but we will be back next Wednesday. I think we're going to have a guest on. Is that okay? Oh, no, we've got one. We've got one. Ah, exciting. Best film series of all time got to be between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Who's this, who's this Any other from? from Hill. Ah, nice. Big Hill's number one listener. You're number one listener. Two questions in a row. Okay. Best film series of all I time. I would say Star Wars, obviously. Um, or Harry Potter, maybe. No. But the books, no, 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 the no, books no, no. for no, me are That's probably... just incorrect. The, Lord of the Rings is Lord a of the Rings more critically is, acclaimed. Lord of the Rings is way up with it. I'd say, obviously, we're... Star Wars is not, actually, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say... I would definitely Mate, we did the Star Wars marathon, and like, after a while, it's a bit like... Ugh. I'm going to say Godfather. I know three is like three is decent, but the first two are arguably the best two films so ever I watched, made. I watched The Godfather recently, actually with Hill, and it's not the one. We just like no, mate. not the first one time I watched Godfather. All. First time I watched Godfather, I gave it a four out of ten. I was like boring, cannot understand it. It is the most perfect film. When Michael Corleone at the end, he just puts his hand out, and the guy kisses it. You're like yes. Godfather two as well is like I would say it's actually better. I'll go Godfather, Alex. What are you saying? I will go Star Wars original trilogy. Really? And I'm original cutting three. it to the original trilogy. Yeah, okay, that's that's valid. Star that's Wars valid. original trilogy. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for that question, and uh, good to been good. Enjoy the resignation cake. I very much did. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, very um, nice. We will be back next week, and uh, we will speak to you then. Adios. Bye. Purple Radio podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.